1: Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it going. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. Solomon Wilcox, former Cincinnati Bengal and Colorado Buffalo, joins us at 730. It is his first time joining us. I want to talk about, listen, is Joe Burrow going to be the highest paid football player of all time? We'll ask Solomon Wilcox, what does he think uh, about Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes? What will they do? Uh, I really like Solomon. I think it's going to be a really, really good guest segment. But Rafino's rant to start off. Brian Kelly was out in Texas this week and had some interesting words that I do think got taken a little bit out of context. Nevertheless, Alabama fans completely overreacting. Uh, to that saying, oh, he's just giving Brian, uh, Nick Saban fuel for the fall. Uh, well, let's not act as if that Alabama's in the greatest state right now. And let's not act like that Nick Saban about a year ago didn't call out five head coaches around the country and one of those coaches almost beat him. Oh, and LSU did. Yeah. Might want to be quiet as well. But, not the only LSU-Bama related news today. (laughs) As Brad Bohannon, what an idiot. What an outright idiot. How dumb do you have to be to not only gamble or, or tell somebody to gamble when it's, it can be easily found out. What makes human beings so dumb? Brad Bohannon looks like the guy off the water boy who says, I might not be a handsome man. I might not be charming. <laughs> uh, Zach, can you find uh, a picture of the guy that played uh, that in the Water Boy? He was like, uh, I think he said Joe Montana. He was the one that said Joe Montana. That's what Brad Bohannon looks like. What an idiot, man! What an idiot, an outright idiot. We'll talk about that as well. LSU baseball preview. The Tigers are currently taking batting practice in Auburn. We'll touch on that as well. We'll break down a little bit of that series uh, coming up to the, in the Plains.
0: <coughs>
1: Excuse me. Allergies. What up with it, do? Mm, mm, mm. Uh, LSU is ranked... Number seven in the preseason rankings per ESPN right now. We'll touch on that as well. What do I think about that? It's ESPN, man. When are y'all going to stop listening to them? I I I hope it's now. I hope that uh, after this show you'll be like, you know what? ESPN's got a lot of good talent, like Herb Street and Fowler. They really suck at, at football power indexes and ranking teams one through ten. They really suck. All right. We'll get into that. And as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Ask Blake, Thought, questions, concerns. Bring them inside the Rudy Crew chat, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Jeremy Fontana says, bless your soul, Blake. I give that sneeze a solid 7.5. Uh, you know what? I don't give a 7.5. Let me, let, let's just get this out of the way right quickly. Can we just get this out of the way? Let me just say this. If you dust your crawfish, if you're, I, look, I, I, I had to hear from people in the 337 all day today, we're the crawfish capital of the world. No, you're not. No, you are not. Talk to a many of great people in the 337 today who do not dust their crawfish. Oh, well, we put a little extra spice on it and it melts through, it doesn't get to the meat. There are certain people in the world who dust their crawfish. Jeffrey Dahmer was one of them. The River, the river Killer was another. Psychopaths legitimately dust their crawfish do not dust your crawfish in case you missed it the university of south louisiana uh, had a crawfish bowl for their football team where they were dusting um their crawfish and i let me say this i agree that the 337 probably has the best food okay like no question no question i mean it it's phenomenal but if you're from the 337 tell me right now do you dust them bad babies because i i look i got jeremy in here saying dusting is for river rats i agree Delton says, I'm in the 337, and you do not dust your crawfish. I mean, I would get Zach's take, producer Zach's take on it, but he thinks mayonnaise is spicy. So, I mean, it's really difficult for me when your producer thinks mayonnaise has got a little tang to it, doesn't it, Mr. Blake? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Stool Bus Driver says, hashtag, the best fried catfish is in Washington Parish. I think it's either, resi- if you want the best catfish in the world, I think that it is is in true, uh, uh, probably in Washington Parish. Just pick your location. Uh, I also believe that Mike's Catfish Inn in Amy, Louisiana, um, is probably the best catfish seafood place you will, you will find. Without question. Without question. I got Josh Johnson in here on Facebook saying, hell no, you don't dust your crawfish. What's wrong with people, man? Why do you dust it? Brad Bohannon dusts his crawfish. Brad Bohannon dusts his crawfish. Not only does he, uh, you know, bet on his team. Look at it. Look at Brad Bohannon. I don't know how you just did that, but change it back. (laughs) Change it back. There you go. I don't know how you did that, but that's Brad Bohannon. I might not be a handsome man. Now we should get a real picture of Brad Bohannon. (laughs) So remember this guy right here. Now let's get a pic of Brad Bohannon. (laughs) Now let's get a pic of Brad Bohannon. Oh, all right. Uh, Jamie says, that's him, Bobby, uh, and says, Mike's Catfish Inn is the best. Yeah, Mike's Catfish Inn and Amy, Louisiana, um, you cannot beat it, man. Uh, When we had uh, Thanksgiving uh, with my brother, it was just my brother and my sisters um, and all their kids and my kids, they came over to my house, and um, we got a cater from Mike's Catfish, man. I'm telling you, you cannot beat it. All right, a couple more. Jace Cole says, I'm from the 337, and do not dust. That's for northern Louisiana peeps. I agree. You just don't do it. Father Hebert gives us a declaration of Jesus. I'm from the 337, and I used to bowl for a restaurant. You never dust your crawfish. You never dust your crawfish. Are you a Rudy Poo? Jesus would not dust his crawfish. Bottom line. He could hit a curveball, though. All right. Let's get this thing rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. If you're listening to us... um, On Facebook, share to your own social media pages, share to those groups as well. If you're listening to us on YouTube, man, y'all are killing it for us on YouTube right now. Um, Thank you so much for everybody that's subscribing. Do us a favor, if you haven't done so already, like, subscribe, notification bell, hit that share button as well. If you're listening to us on Twitter, yes, on Twitter, hit that retweet button. If you're listening to us, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe, as well all right let's get this thing rolling let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag good friends over at gm varno and sons brian kelly and nick saban feuding a little bit let's talk a little bit of baseball got much more lsu stuff to get in before mr wilcox gets here back with you next betonline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports contest events with the first to market odds in lines Find reviews for all the news for each league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe fifty. That's Believe fifty. B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. With over sixty five years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, mono chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you're good friend, him. Blake Ruffino, sit you on by. We're back! Uh, Dylan Nation says Bohannon is a Rudy Poo damn crawfish duster. I agree, man. Look, I I just, why would you want seasoning? So look, if you just, if you dust your crawfish, why would you want seasoning on your hands, man? Get it in that meat. (laughs) I mean, come on. Massive Pause massive pause, but come on. It melts through the shell. Mr. Blake. No, it doesn't. That's why you get the boil in there. That's why you let him sit there and soak. Not sure what Zach is really doing here. He's messing up the show. He's mad because Jesus actually does eat crawfish. See, Linda says, we don't dust our crawfish and, Look, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> They're the same person. This is the guy from the water boy. I might not be a handsome man. They even got the same tooth gap. <laughs> oh, my God. Brad Bohannon, you idiot! You crawfish duster! What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, all right. We'll get to Brad Bohannon in a little bit. Let's get speaking of LSU and Alabama. uh, We do got to get to uh, one thing before we get rolling. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw this uh, this week. But Brian Kelly was taken a little bit out of context. He was in Texas. He made a comment about how much he loves college football and said something to the degree, I'm not really quoting, but I'm sure that you saw it, where Brian Kelly says, I love college football and I love having the, basically saying he loved to have the ability to beat Alabama and he loves beating Alabama. And then it sent the Alabama Crimson Tide fans into a very big uproar. Brian Kelly beats Nick Saban wants, and he thinks he can talk trash. <clears throat> yeah, a little. Because when Brian Kelly finally had the same talent that Nick Saban did, he beat him. What's also interesting and why I didn't understand why Alabama fans were making such a big deal of Brian Kelly saying, I am glad and I, and, and I want to be able to beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm old enough to remember about a year ago, Nick Saban was the one that ran his little short behind out on a stage in an NIL event in Tuscaloosa and literally said that Jimbo's paying players, Dion's paying players, Cristobal's paying players. They're not doing NIL the right way. They're just buying their recruiting classes. And yet Alabama fans, I understand, might have short memories. I mean, Brad Bohannon certainly had a short memory, I would assume. But don't make this feud bigger than what it is. Now, if you want to, if you want to, We can do that. Because I do think it speaks a lot of volumes, right, Uh, about what Nick Saban has done within the last year. Let's talk about it. Maybe not Nick Saban specifically, but just what's going on around the University of Alabama. You know, their defensive coordinator getting arrested. Uh, The Brandon Miller gun situation. Not only that. You having Brad Bohannon fired today. Oh, and by the way, this past month, your athletic director was arrested on domestic violence for physically abusing his wife. I know that a lot of things have been really bad around LSU at times. I get that. Has it been worse than this, what Alabama's facing? You know, what's even, not even having to talk about off the field, we can even talk about on the field. You know, I would ask Nick Saban, why did you hire Tommy Reese and have to go get Tyler Buckner as your starting quarterback? Those two guys are pedigrees or mentors or mentees of Brian Kelly. I I know that Alabama fans think that they can make this feud bigger than what it is, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Nobody's really scared of you right now. No, uh, guys, I, I, I don't remember a time in my life over the last decade, maybe decade and a half, that I go into a season worrying about having to play Alabama. Why should we? LSU, as an example, is two and two against Alabama in the last four years. What do I got be? What am I worried about Alabama for? You're split. We're 50-50. By the way, LSU did it with two different coaches. One of them in his first year and one year when a guy won a national title. Now, that guy did dust his crawfish, which is kind of disgusting, but I don't really think Ed did that. Don't make this shoot bigger than what it is because you have to go out there and prove to people just as much as everybody else. You know, one thing that I don't agree always with the Saban. Now, I'm a product of it. I believe it because it majority of the times is true because Nick Saban is a really good coach. I I hear the arguments all the time. He's not just a a great coach. He's a great recruiter. gets the best talent. Well, that makes him, in turn, one of the best coaches. Can't just say he's just an elite recruiter because over time – his coaching would get exposed he's lost games he's outcoached himself sure I don't think though right now you can run out here and say well Nick Saban has six national title rings so he's above reproach he's not the field showed that I know that Will Anderson was the number three overall pick Our number, yeah, number three overall pick in this past draft. He still got his absolute butt torn up by LSU this past year. Bryce Young was a 50% completion percentage guy against LSU. Did Alabama miraculously get better? And if any Alabama fan can come in here and tell me where specifically you got better than having the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, the number one overall quarterback in the NFL draft, and a number three edge rusher, how you got better, please come in here and tell me in the comments. Because if you can't, if you can't do that, I want to be quiet. Nobody's scared of you. Even if LSU loses, you go into this game, you're not scared of Alabama. Alabama. Don't make this feud bigger than what it is. I'm going to continue to say it because I know that LSU's got to go into Tuscaloosa. You're not better than LSU right now. You know that, and I know that. So if Brian Kelly wants to run out there and say something to a coaching clinic and then on three has something to say, it is what it is. Just don't make it bigger than what it is. Speaking of LSU football, though, LSU was ranked by ESPN as the number 17 in preseason. I don't agree with it, right? You know and I know I just don't agree with it. I don't agree with what a, a lot of things that ESPN or just – guys, it's, we're in May. I guess now you can – add since you're post-spring, you can make a top-10 list. Okay, cool. You're going to have to justify to me, though, why some of these teams are in the top 10, top 25. Georgia, I'm with you. They're the reigning, defending, back-to-back national title champs. Okay, let's let's show them the respect. I'm with you there. What you got Ohio State number two for? They don't have a quarterback at the current moment. The last real true great quarterback they had is out of the building in C.J. Stroud. DeWan Haskins isn't in that building. Joe Burrow's not in that building. No, Joe Burrow just went down to LSU. It's going to be interesting to see what people really feel about this team. Because LSU, and we talked about this some last night, LSU is still attacking the portal at a high rate. Logan Diggs is in the portal. He's on a visit to Ole Miss today. Still feel pretty good. If you talk to people around the building, feel pretty good about the running back from New Orleans or Nolans and Logan Diggs. Let's see what Trey Adams does. LSU's pieces and what you will see from them in the fall isn't even done yet. It's just kind of really getting started because they get a lot of those pieces back. That's why I just don't understand why you can put LSU at seven, eight, nine, whatever it is. And really rank teams anywhere when the portal is not even complete yet and where some of these high-ranked guys are going to go. Teams are going to still probably hit the portal. You saw Trey Atmos, literally the DB, had 14 offers given to him yesterday alone. He's He's up in the upper 30s right now. We'll have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. But for me, this is where I sit, okay? Since now all these preseason rankings are starting to come, let me tell you why I sit. I think LSU's a top-five team. I think LSU has gotten better in a lot of position groups and has more experience than their opponents. I think they're better on the offensive line with Lance Hard and Mason Lunsford. I think that they're better at receiver, even though Keyshawn Bouti has left. I think you're better at running back. I think both of your quarterbacks have shown that they have progressed and gotten so much better in, in Jane Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. I think you got better at tight end because you have more depth there. You're not playing four walk-ons. Guys, you would go in 14 personnel. If you don't know what 14 personnel is, it's one running back and four tight ends. LSU did that on the goal line like seven times last season. It was Mason Taylor and three walk-ons. Now you got Mac Markway, Kai, uh, uh, Kai Pimpton is coming into town. You've gotten much better at tight end. You've gotten deeper on the defensive line. You've honestly gotten better at linebacker with Omar Spates. The talent that you have at DB with guys like Zai Alexander, Denver Harris, and others, and with talented freshmen coming in like JV and Taviano, uh, and I kind of forgot this guy, Deshaun Womack as well, How can you tell me that LSU hasn't gotten better? What level did they not get better in? Oh, and forgot to mention, sorry, LSU might have the best overall defensive player in the country. His name's Harold Perkins. So as these preseason rankings continue to come out, put LSU wherever you want. I don't really care it's going to work itself out. It's going to work itself out week one. You know, I saw one guy today put up his preseason poll and he had Florida state. Number three. Sounds good. Sounds fantastic. I love that. Cause if LSU wins, that means they're going to be in the top three. Hell, they might even be two behind Georgia. Needless to say, I'm not worried. I, you know, I, I tell the producers this. I tell Zach and th- them all, this all the time. I used to worry about Ed Ron like the day is long. I used to stay up and worry and worry and worry because I just look, man. I think that we. I think that you guys know as of now. We've come into this business and we've kind of made a little bit of a our name ourselves, a uh, name for ourselves. I, I love that you like to come to this show and listen to us. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel good when, you know, my son. I'm with my son Ben and my wife Megan at the Southeastern Baseball game and LSU people. Uh, literally, we got out the trucking. We couldn't get 20 feet without sec, like six or seven people yelling at us. I love that. And thank you so much for doing that. When Since we've started this business, I used to worry and panic. Worry and panic over Orzron. I don't really give to Rudy. Po- I don't worry about. I, Brian Kelly's the least of my worries throughout the day. And I got to tell you, it's relieving. It's 1,000% relieving. I like it, man. And I really like this team. Look, you guys, I, I think that this debate has played out some, right? You can have your quarterback. Pick him. I don't care at this point. I think both of them can lead you to a national title. I, I really do believe that. I think Garrett, if he tur- if he minimizes those turnovers and he starts getting that number down, he could lead you wherever he wants to go. Guys, I saw the Jane Daniels mic'd up thing today. It, it, it's a lot of the same stuff that I've been telling you on the show for over a year since he's been at LSU. The kid's a competitor. You heard him yelling at Brian Kelly? You heard him yelling at Brian Kelly on the mic'd up thing today? No, coach, you should have made me go for two. I want to win. Guys, we're talking about a spring game. Those kinds of dudes are cut from different cloths, man. They're cut from different cloths. I I start getting to a point where I see where LSU has gotten better. They won the West a season ago. I see where Georgia has gotten better in areas, guys. They've got better at wide receiver. They've gotten better. I think at DB, believe it or not. I think that they're still going to be a really damn good, really damn good team. I don't see where Alabama's gotten better. I don't see where A and M, who by the way, literally has had 31 players hit the portal since December. I, I just don't see it. Who, Florida scares you? Jet sweep Billy Napier? G5 Billy scares you? I can go line for line, position group by position group. I just think that Alabama and some of the teams in the West have gotten a little, have regressed a little bit where I'm going to make a hot take. Here's my hot take of the night. I fully believe that the East has gotten better with Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina. There are teams out there that are scrappy. So, man, when you play Tennessee, and LSU, for example, doesn't have to, when you play Tennessee, brother, you better bring your lunch, pail. going me be and see how and what happens. Let's do this. Let's get to LSU baseball versus Auburn uh, after our great next guest, Solomon Wilcox, who will be joining us. Guys, you know, we're in the studio, baby. Got the Joe Burrow signed jersey over here. Got Jamar Chase attire over here. I want to know about what's going on with the Bengals. Is Joey Burrow about to be? Is Joey B... About to be the highest paid NFL player of all time. Got the fifth year option. Let's talk about some Bengals. My man Solomon was also from Colorado. Let's talk about some Dion too. Literally looking forward to this. Our good buddy joins us next. Let's talk about our good friend Carol Falls over at State Farm. We'll be back. 45 seconds. Stay tuned. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm he is your good neighbor after all but did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well along with a great neighbor service State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana so call him today at 985-395-4300 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto home and life insurance needs like a good neighbor state farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer all applicants subject to the state farm underwriting requirements we're back the man the myth the legend solomon wilcox joins us good evening sir how are you tonight hey blake i'm doing great can you hear me okay i can hear you fantastic can you hear me you were good you got us too
0: Yep, I got you. Good, I'm awesome. doing great. And, uh, good to be on the show with you,
1: Solomon. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out the gate with it. I gotta know the LSU people. Gotta know is Joey B about <laughs> to be the highest paid quarterback in the country and, and highest player in the NFL of all
0: time? Look, Lamar just got his contract. Is is Joey B about to get paid? Yeah, I think I think right now, if you're say if you're the agent for Joe Burrow, right, you're probably gonna wait for Justin Herbert to do his thing because you're not gonna sign before his and allow his to exceed yours. And there's no doubt he's outperformed the rookie contract, right? He's taken this team to two <laughs> two straight uh, AFC title games. He's won back-to-back AFC North Division titles. You and I both know uh, this is a, a, a division of bullies now with right. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and look, Cle- you can say what you want about Cleveland, but I think they have one of the best edge rushers in Miles Garrett in, in our league and I think they have one of the one of the top shutdown corners in Denzel Ward, so um you know, they the Bengals have struggled with Cleveland. So this is no cakewalk in the AFC North.
1: So let me ask you this cuz I I'll get to Jamar and the team and how, you know, we're you know, what's going on with the Bengals specifically. Simon, do you think that there's got some guys along that offensive line to protect Joe? Because man, I got to tell you, look, I am a Joe Burrow apologist. I when I see him get hit, Simon, man, I, I I get weak to my stomach. I get the bubble guts, man. I get nervous. Did they did they do good getting him some some more guys on that uh, up front on that O line?
0: No, I think we should. I'm telling you now, we they. They put down a ton of money, and then they doubled down on that. And now they've tripled down uh, with Orlando Brown Jr. I mean, right. bringing – and then taking them from the Chiefs, I think, was a That's really a massive move.
1: addition. That's such a massive yeah. addition.
0: Yeah. So, so, you know, last year we spent more money than anyone on an offensive line, and all we do is we let Joe get sacked seven times <laughs> in week one against Pittsburgh. But, you know, by, right about after Halloween, that – just throw five guys together it's gonna to be a little bit tough but those guys did settle in you know the Bengals ended up winning about nine or ten games straight to close out the season right and that offensive line really got good even when they had lost three starters again um you know they played and uh very well when they went to Buffalo so no I think Alex Kappa Ted Karras um these guys you know um boast I thought he played really good for a rookie he's only gonna be better and then you kick Jonah Williams over there to right tackle, and he can hold up, I think. And then you're going to get, at some point, you're going to get Lyle Collins back, right? So the key is going to be about can the offensive line stay healthy. I do think they're going to be able to work very well together, and I think we're going to be able to run the ball better than they were able to do last year. Do you
1: think former LSU Tigers will? Do you think Lyle goes into guard? Do you think that that's something that they work with him instead of being at right tackle, or or what do you think happens with him?
0: I think he's a right tackle because he now he's a better run blocker than he is pass protector. No, no question. But you could, you know what I'm saying. Now he can roll grade with the best of them. Now you know, so I, I think you still want to keep because remember they spent money on the other guys at guard. Now right. Bolston, he's a you know they drafted him, so they've got to save some money somewhere. Right. But, no, I think they're going to keep him at tackle. We'll see beyond uh, this year. You know, this is a year-to-year league, but beyond 2023, um, you're probably going to lose Jonah Williams, and you may lose a Lyle Collins. Uh, We'll see if he can hold up beyond, you know, for three years on the contract. Uh, But right now, we need help at tackle because inside, um, right now, things are pretty good.
1: Solly, let me ask you this. I, I've seen, I've talked to him, I've been face to face with Joe. And I got to tell you, man, look, he did some fantastic things in Baton Rouge. Solly, I ain't never seen him like this, though. I, I mean, what he's doing in that, and you talked about that nine to 10 game stretch where they were just winning. They, yeah. you know, started off slow, then yeah. Joe came in let me ask you from your perspective is there something that you've seen in joe that's changing a little bit in reference to it feels to me the interceptions are going down touchdowns are going up is the game just really slowing down for him like and that could be scary because we know the kind of dude joe is do you think it's slowing down even more for him as this is going on in his nfl experience
0: Yeah, I mean, think about it. He's played three seasons now in the NFL. And, you know, you could see in his rookie year, he was getting more and more comfortable. And then by week 10, he was lost for the year. Okay, then he come in his second year. And you could see early on, okay, a few little struggles. And whatever it is with Joe, man, it's like he's got to do it the hard way. Right? (laughs) Right? He just like it. it, He like it the hard way, man, you know. He was coming off a knee injury. Going into his second season, he's coming off knee constructive surgery. And I remember talking to him, I said, Hey, you're only like eight months post op. Right. You know, I was really afraid for the guy. Like, man, come on, man. Didn't play in the preseason, didn't take a snap. Next thing you know, he's taking the team to the Super Bowl. Who does that? And then coming into year number three, he's got emergency appendectomy. Right? <laughs> he's got to do it the hard way. He doesn't even practice during training camp, no preseason games. And then seven sacks behind this brand new offensive line. Week one against Pittsburgh, five more sacks week two against Dallas. And they start the season. zero and two. So how is it that by the time you get to the end of the regular season, they win this thing going away, right? Right. Take out everybody in the AFC North. He's winning every single week, eight, nine in a row to finish it out, man. That, this guy, he, he's something else. I think he is a he's a hardened competitor. Uh, he's a, I think he's a genius as a young man. I think he's academically um, Peyton Manning. He reminds me a lot of Peyton. You know when Peyton, I thought Peyton was one of the brightest young quarterbacks I had ever seen, and so I knew that by the time Peyton hit it year six, seven, eight, and ten, this league had no shot. It's just, a, and that's where Joe is going. So I think what you're seeing is this, is this rise in just seeing enough of defenses. There's only so many blitzes you can throw at these guys, there's only so many coverages. Sooner or later, defense coordinators like going, ah, it's all I got. It's all right. I got. And, and once their mental Rolodex, these young quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, once the mental Rolodex has processed it all, and now you aren't you're not giving him anything new he's going to lay you away he, i'm telling you you got no shot uh the best thing you could do is hope that uh you run out of time on the clock but yeah that's he's entering that phase this is the early phase but once he enters, enters into his prime oh it's 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 going to be something to behold
1: sally a lot of was made about t higgins but it looks like that there you know that's all settled that's going to be that's going to be fine and done jamar chase Ty, uh, boyd being back mm-hmm. what's interesting is is that as uh, you know this and we've seen in the nfl whether it be with tom whether it be with mahomes whether it be with brady it, it manning it doesn't matter when you keep that same core of specialists receivers running backs et cetera, By that third and fourth year, things start really, really taking off. We saw Manning. We saw Brady. We've seen Mahomes and Kelsey and those guys. Do you think that this could be a year going into it that this offense is one of the best, if not the best, that we've seen in a long time?
0: Yeah, I I think it's shaping up to be that. Because the offensive line is starting to solidify, right? Right. Um T Higgins, Jamar, and think about it. Jamar chase is also going into year number three, right? Right. So think about how much he's learned like these double coverages that they want to, they want to put everybody on on Jamar chase, man. They want to take him away. And then T Higgins is eating you up. Tyler Boyd is just a junkyard dog that no one can mess with. And they can barely even tackle the guy, let alone cover him. And so, um, you know, no, they've got a complimentary of weapons and this kid, uh, Chase Brown from Illinois, he's, he reminds you of an Austin Eckler. And I, you know, I was teasing Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, like you got yourself a new toy on third down here, <laughs> you know, you're hammering away with Joe Mixon on first and second down. Now you're bringing in the sexy, you know, Ferrari, right? This guy's a Porsche and and he can, he can run it. He can catch it. And when he's in space, man, he's going to make Watch a lot out. of people miss. So, I, you know, I kind of – I looked at the coach. I know what you're doing here. You can spread everybody out, and then you put him back there with Joe, and you're like, who who's going to run in space with this guy? Because nobody can catch him. So, um, they're going to – I think they're going to tax defenses in a way that we have, haven't even seen uh, done yet by this football team.
1: You know, and Charlie Jones, too. I mean, Charlie Jones ate the Big yeah. Ten alive. So – Look, I know that you got receivers there, but I've seen Charlie Jones live and in, in like, right here, eat Ohio State alive, and they don't have scrub DBs. So, it'll be interesting. you talk about the draft. I was really surprised because, you know, we, you know, obviously in Louisiana Saints fans, a lot of people thought Miles Murphy was going to fall and, you know, get to New Orleans. But the Bengals take Miles Murphy, then – You know, just for relative, I know that they took the kid out of Michigan. But they also go and get Jordan Battle at pick 95. Really getting back to that defense after some pieces had left. I guess, how do you think that the Bengals did in this draft?
0: Look, I thought they did really uh, good. Exceptionally well, in fact. Uh, You know, Duke Tobin last year was the NFL executive of the year. Um, His ability to to team build – and understand where the weak points are and then to maybe even be ahead of the curve. I think they kind of knew they were going to lose Jesse Bates. So they went out and used the first round pick last year on Dax Hill, gave him a year to kind of learn from Bates and Von Bell. Who we I'm going to tell you right now, Von Bell was it's, really hmm. a tone setter in a way that people don't, don't truly understand. We absolutely are going to miss him. We're going to miss Jesse Bates. There's no doubt. Um, but Luana Romo uh, has got to get these young guys ready to play. So you know, remember last year they also in the second round they took Cam Taylor-Britt, who played a lot of in a lot of those big time games. This dude's he's a dude now. I, I, we love some Cam Taylor-Britt, and so now they go in the second and third round. Um, you get DJ Turner, four two six in the forty. Right. This guy can flat out fly. He can play outside. He can play in the slot cornerback from Michigan they took him in the second round and then the third round to get Jordan Battle to get a guy who's played over 40 career games at Alabama learning from Nick Saban all of us former defensive backs now we we stick together and and coach Saban is a guy that cut his teeth coaching defensive backs understanding the importance of really being able to communicate you have to be a thinker. Um, you got to be a guy that uh, can get other people lined up, and you better be able to make plays. You think Jordan battles playing all those games for Nick Saban if he didn't, wasn't in lockstep with what Coach wanted every single game, every single week, all those years down in Alabama. So he's a he's a tried and true veteran. I think he comes in, and I, I can see this guy getting major snaps uh, year one.
1: Uh, I'm coming back to you being a DB, especially. A little out west from we are because there's a lot of things going on in Colorado uh, <laughs> uh, right now. So we're going to talk about that. I do got to ask you, Lamar Jackson. Uh, S- look, Sally, this is why I don't listen to people. Okay, because all I heard was he was getting traded. You know, I, I we heard it all, and all of a sudden, here he comes. Uh, look, I think they're the best two quarterbacks in that division. I, I, it's gonna be. It's just gonna be a dogfight between the Ravens and the Bengals. Moving forward, I guess, what do you think about Lamar and and some of the things they're doing offensively and him signing back with the Ravens?
0: Look, I'm going to tell you, I've told people Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson is must-see TV. And a lot of people are going to say, well, you didn't see anyone offering him a contract when they put the non-exclusive tag on him. And I would tell you right now, teams are smarter than that. Why are we going to do the work for the Baltimore Ravens, right? Why am I going to put some offer together to help the uh, help the Ravens only understand that they got to come back and match it, right? Right. Uh, you can't do the poison pills. They, those days are gone. My, my whole point to this is Lamar Jackson was finally got the uh, contract that he deserved. He worked for it. He earned it. I remember when he first took over the job there. Um, coach John Harbaugh was in the last year of his contract. They were struggling. They're getting ready to fire him. Okay. He, 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 a stroke of genius. I'm going to play Lamar. I'm going to tailor the offense to him. Sorry, Joe Flacco. I got to do what I got to do. By the end of the year, Lamar played so well. The coach gets a new contract, the general <laughs> manager gets a new contract, everybody gets right. a new contract. And then when Lamar gets eligible for one in the same year as Josh Allen, he don't get his new contract. Mm-hmm. He waited two years to get that deal, but rightfully so he ended up getting the deal that he deserves. But uh, he's a, he's a former MVP. He's a force multiplier. And yeah, it's a great rivalry right now between he and Joe Burrow, the Ravens and the Bengals. Uh, but I, I look, I'm not writing Deshaun Watson off either. I've, I've seen what he can do. And once he shakes off the rust, something tells me um, he's going to become part of that deal as well.
1: I don't disagree with you there either, Solly. Uh, you know who else is making a lot of waves is Coach Primetime. Now, a little Birdie chirped in my ear and said that you went to Colorado as well. So I got to ask you this: Dion's making a lot of head a lot of news out here in Colorado, bringing kids in, letting kids leave. It's rubbing some people the wrong way. Some people are like, "Look, man, if this works, this is going to change college football forever." I guess now that you see Coach Prime out there in Colorado and what he's doing, what are your thoughts about what's going on out there?
0: First of all, uh, Coach Prime is, was not the one who um, initiated NIL. He wasn't the one that denied kids access to their name, image, and likeness for for centuries, for, for over 100 years, <laughs> right? And and then when the when the Supreme Court told the NCAA, hey, you need to fix this because you're not gonna like our ruling. You know what they did? I, you know, <laughs> you know, kinda, they just they did nothing. Right. They showed no leadership. So now we got this thing called a transfer portal. Now we got this thing called NIL. Had nothing to do. Don't don't go blaming Prime for that. But if you're gonna coach in major college football today, you can't ignore it. You better learn how to use it. Uh, how to leverage that to build a team. And I can tell you right now, if this was LSU or, and they were losing, only winning one game a year, and you saw that you had a portal, you had NIL, you would say, wow, we could turn this thing around faster than at any other point in the whole history of college. No so question. That's what you would be saying to yourself, right? So now that Colorado's going to use these tools, it's kind of like, you know, we have a saying where I'm from. Don't hate the player, hate the hate game. The
1: game. All right. Like
0: if you don't if you don't like what the players doing, the players only playing the game and using the tools that he have at his disposal. And if you don't like that, then you should you should not like the game the way that it's set up, the way that the board is laid out. So he brings a lot of charisma, a lot of energy. You and I both know that. Um, he's going to rely on great coaching staff that he's been able to put together to get these kids ready to play. And at the end of the day, it's about winning games. You and I both know that. Um, but guess what? Players have been jumping in the portal. Um, and now you're like, want, some of them, you you might say, okay, well, I don't mind him leaving. This one, oh, no, I don't want him to leave. But at the same time, you've got, no as a coach, you have no control over that. Mm-hmm. So you got to use this portal to, to recruit as well. And he's doing that, and he's doing it more in an overt, active way. And I do think... That has rubbed some people the wrong way. But guess what? You're not in his shoes. You're not taking on a team that won only one game last season. Because if you did, you might you might feel a little bit different about it. So I, I just think the landscape of college football, like is changing so much. And some of these things we're just not used to. It's a new mode. It's a new era. Mm. Um, and because of those customs that have now in the past, they're in the rear view. I covered college football. I covered college basketball. Um, you might go check your calendar because it wasn't within a month's time, right within that period of time, two of the great college basketball coaches that I've known, Coach K at Duke and Roy Williams at North Carolina, they said, I'm done. They're like, uh, you know what? Right. I, now, they didn't, they didn't say they retired because of NIL, but I've known those men. I've sat and met with them. I know... How important coaching is to them. They were already dealing with this, with this portal, they're already dealing with one and done. And now you throw this in there, man. It was it it, it was within a month or two, to both of them simultaneously, right? This is my last year. This will be my last year. Because, you know, they're they're men of different principles. They saw the landscape. But if you're a young coach, like Coach Prime, if you're a young coach. Now you know what you're doing. You're like, hey, this is this is the profession I chose, and I got to deal with it. Now watch me deal. That's right. the attitude he's got. Watch me deal.
1: Right. And Jay Wright. I know the, the chat saying like Jay Wright left too. I mean Jay Wright went on CBS during the Final yeah. Four, Sally and said, yeah. guys, I just can't. I I, I don't have can't the do energy That's to it. to to go through that, and so I'm out yeah. for a little while to re-catch my yeah. breath. I lied one last one to you. What do you think the over under is on how many wins Coach Coach Prime can get in year one? Do you think,
0: man? Look, if I look, I'm I'm hoping we get seven. And I and look, I'm, I'm I guarantee you if he listening right now, man, that's too low. <laughs> He's he telling me that, <laughs> right? You know, but I'm but I'm gonna be realistic. I'm not gonna put that ten win deal on him not just yet, you know, because uh, you and I both know this. Like, look, you can bring in some great players, five stars, four stars. Just because you throw, throw that jersey on them and throw four and five star next to their name, doesn't mean that it comes together. Because that's what really winning is about. It's the chemistry, it's the bond, it's about the culture. Um, look, when I was at Colorado, uh, we went from losers to winners. By the time I left, we're going to back-to-back bowl games. We have recruited um of uh, a uh, uh, class that uh, within three years after I left won a national championship right you see and 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 told every last one of them that we could see it come. I uh, brought a lot of them in from my hometown in Los Angeles, California I grew up in Compton California went to high school out in Riverside California. we recruited all up and down the coast mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now and we were getting them out of there so quick because I remember going to a uh, coach Matt I said coach. You let me go get a few, few dudes from my hometown. I guarantee you, we'll get some guys in here. They ain't afraid of Nebraska and Oklahoma, right? And, and guess what? That's, they exactly what <laughs> uh-huh. that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did. Well,
1: I did. You know, for me, I just look. If he has success, it makes college football better. So that's why I want to see him. You know, succeed. That that's it. And look, yeah. it, it, Solly, if he we we're going to a twelve team playoff next year. It's a really good chance Dion could get in that thing if he gets enough wins and gets uh, 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 enough in the Pac-12 to, to get in there. Solly, you've been great, man. I'm glad that Eric hooked us up. I know that we're with our partners at Believe. So shout out to Eric. He's always on me uh, to get better. So shout out to him. But Solly, thank you so much, man, for joining us. You have a good night. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, especially when the NFL starts kicking off again.
0: Well, Blake, thanks for having me. We want everyone to make sure that you check out the Believe in Bingle podcast with yours truly as the host. You can watch it on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. So thanks for having me, Blake. Greatly appreciate
1: you. No, man, thank you so much. We'll talk to you you soon, brother. All the best. All right, that's Solomon Wilcox with us. Man, fantastic, dude. That dude's so good, man. I mean, I listen to him all the time because of Joe and – you know, I, I want to know what's going on with them. So he's so good. He's, he's really good. I do want to break down this LSU baseball weekend. Um, so, Zach, let's do this. Let's take a very quick break, though. Let's talk about our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. We'll wrap it up in about five minutes. Stay back with us. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vicnair, are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Ruffino at AYS sent you on by. Uh, I'm not going to be long here because I got to cut it a little bit short tonight. Look, in a very quick one minute monologue, we talked about this last night. We'll talk about it again tomorrow when we do the postgame. Auburn can hit, man. Auburn can really hit. Ike Iris is hitting 370. Bre- Bryson Ware hitting 347. Cole Foster hitting 327. Cole- Cooper McMurray is hitting 350. In the SEC, Bobby Pierce is hitting seven, uh, thir- uh, th- three, seventy-three. Look, they can hit, man. They can hit. I-, I agree with Zach here. You can put it up. He says Auburn's pitching backwards this weekend, throwing their ace on Saturday. He's right there. You got. Look, it's just going to be a long weekend. They can hit really well. Let's see what they do. All right, we'll see y'all tomorrow night for the post game. Peace out, Girl Scouts.